Welcome to Fountain Springs Online. At Fountain Springs, we believe in showing unconditional love, irrational generosity, and being unwavering in our mission to show people who Jesus is. We are one church in multiple locations that exists to help grow and guide your relationship with Jesus. We are so glad you've joined us today, and we hope that we can encourage, challenge, and support you in your walk with Jesus. Feel free to join us this coming weekend at any of our locations and services, or call or email us so we can help you in any way. We are so glad that you've joined us today at Fountain Springs Online. Now let's turn our attention to this week's message. So we are starting a brand new series, and uh, I've been waiting for this one. Uh, for those of you who are afraid that I'm going to yell at you, I'm not, okay? But, but, but there is something that I would say is drastically missing. Uh, let me start off by giving you a fact, and, and may, maybe it'll help us know where we're going. It's a fact about life. Life requires maintenance. All the fun hope just went out. Most of us don't wake up going, you know what I want to do today? Just a bunch of maintenance. Most, this is probably in one of the least sexy words. Most of us do not get excited about, about this. But life requires maintenance. If you don't know, maybe no one trained you. you, you went, the family you may have grown up in, like, we, didn't, we didn't do any maintenance. Maybe that was the problem. Uh, let me show you the definition of maintenance just so we're clear on what we're, what we're talking about. The work of keeping something in proper condition. Okay? That's why this is not sexy. That's why everyone's like, well, if it breaks, then I'll go buy another one uh, or I'll borrow something. But this is huge. I, here's what I found fascinating. Uh, I, I got to the office to write my sermon, right? It's supposed to be peace and quiet. I don't know what you expect or what you even, maybe you don't even imagine the idea of me in an office typing a message. And I was ready. I, I arrived early. It was going to be awesome, peace, quiet. And that's not what happened, actually. You need to see what happened. Take a look. Rapid City. <laughs> Please stop. Now, many of us in South Dakota would know there's multiple seasons in South Dakota. In fact, it's a joke, right? It's a joke, like that we tell other people, and it's because our hearts are hurting, that one of the seasons we have is road construction season. That's a problem. 
But, but most of us are annoyed. If, in fact, I've never met someone going, oh, hey, good. Good, that road's closed. It, that needs to be worked on. Good. I'm going to reroute this whole thing. And most of us hate it. But it's necessary. Because I, I do not work for this city, but I, I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess. I'm just going to put it out there. The city gets regular complaints about potholes. And they're saying, hey, uh, there needs to be some maintenance going on. Now, let's, let's, let's go a little bit further into life. How about the things that drive on those roads? Some of us have not been doing well with this. Maintenance, right? I remember when Katie and I got married. Epic day. It was awesome. She brought into our wonderful marriage a green Pontiac Grand Am. Now, at the time, we're grateful for this, right? Any vehicle that runs, you're like, this is awesome. It goes places. It was reliable. Well, well, time went by, blah, blah, blah. It was her car. She drove it and drove it and drove it and drove it. One day she comes in and she's like, hey, it's, it's doing some weird things. Well, I pretend to know what I'm doing because I was not trained on any of this. So I go and act like I know what I'm doing. I get into the car. I drive it around the block. And there are some noises that are not healthy sounding. Again, I don't know what's wrong. I just know. In fact, I began to process with her typical questions. Uh, uh, how long has this sound been happening? And, and when, when, like, when do you normally hear it? And her answer was simple. Well, I don't know and I don't remember because all I've been doing is turning the radio up <laughs> so that I don't have to hear it. And that's when you learn about conflict resolution inside of a marriage. And, and that car lasted a little bit. Uh, now, I'm guilty, too. So I'm, I, I used to believe that you, you bought, like, a, a lawnmower, and then you just used it. And that's it. You put gas in it, and that's it. And, and I've gone through multiple lawnmowers, thinking that was the normal routine. Uh, I don't know how you are with car maintenance. Some of you hate it. Some of you love it. Some of you pay attention to it. Some of you don't. AAA gets at why I'm talking to you about this. Naturally, people take care of their vehicle during the first few months following its purchase. Some of you have already neglected this. And as the novelty wears off, drivers start to skip routine maintenance. Now, some of you, you're like... You do not relate. You're like, no, I don't. But here is why we have to talk about this as a church. Because this would apply to many of us and our relationship with God. Where there was a time that he interested you and you're like, this is good, this is, and you committed. But the novelty has worn off. And sometimes in church we're like, are we allowed to admit such a thing? That the novelty has worn off. Like there are many folks who anytime I offer, anytime, and I help someone, hey, you want to follow Jesus? And, and they'll commit to follow Jesus, and the next time they'll do it again because the novelty is worn off, and they want that feeling of newness. In fact, if you've ever been with us on Easter, and folks respond, and, and they come up front, it's, it's, a, it's a great moment for that person. They, they get a response, and then some of us are watching, and we're like, this is awesome, and, and we're energized by it. Someone deciding to follow Jesus, that's like the greatest decision, is awesome. And then they carry it out. We learn that, that then you, you get baptized. 
if you've ever been at a baptism, it's just not boring. It's never been boring to me to watch someone declare, guess who is my number one? Guess who I'm living for? Guess who's forgiven all my sins? And they go public in baptisms. Most people do not come out of the water and be like, eh, no, it's an epic moment. And do you know what happens after baptism for almost every single person who ever gets baptized? I'll show you a picture. That happens. Jesus, Jesus did this. It was awesome. He got baptized and then he went out into the wilderness. And many of us, you, this might be your current. We feel like this is what you're walking through. This is the description of your life. You feel like you're just walking through this wilderness, this nasty, dry, horrible place. And when it comes to you and God, if you do not pay attention to maintenance with your relationship with him, you will break down in the wilderness. You will find yourself, because I am equally as guilty of doubting, feeling shame that is wrecking you. Maybe you've been there where you wish it felt like it used to, and you're starting to maybe give up on God or give up on what you thought, and maybe even know it's true, but because the wilderness is so intense and you are not built to go through the wilderness, breakdowns happen. Did you know you do not have to break down? You and God do not have to break down. But if you want to know how to not break down, you need to listen. Let me show you what we learn. And now just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, okay, you must continue to follow him. Would you be willing, and I don't know if you would be, I'll admit for would you be willing that there is a time in your life that you, you probably did or you've at least thought about accepting Christ Jesus as your Savior, but then you did not continue in that? Your pastor has been there more times than I'm going to tell you. Let your roots grow down into him. Let your lives be built on him. Most of the time we think it's just an accepting thing built on him, then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will be overflow, you will overflow with thankfulness. If you're not currently right now overflowing with thankfulness, if you feel incredibly weak right now, it could be because you need maintenance that you've not provided your soul. And that's why this is not sexy. <laughs> but if you don't want to break down if you don't want to live life where it's constantly rock bottom moments to rock bottom moments, then lean in. In fact, I'll tell you a very honest statement. Every single marriage that I have talked to where it's fallen apart, every single relationship of any sort that has completely broken and is at the end is because someone neglected maintenance and if there's anything in your heart your mind where you're like I want my relationships to work 
especially with God, then be mature enough to say, you know what? I need to lean into this. Now, i got to offer you a disclaimer. In fact, in, in my notes, it's like red and crazy, so I would not neglect this. Some of us interlock conversations that are meant to be separate. You ever done that before? We do it in marriage all the time. We, we, we link things that should not be linked. And some of us are going to be in danger of thinking, I'm talking to you. How do you get God to like you? Okay? Sometimes when we talk about growing and God getting close to God, being all about God, you expect the preacher guy to say, you know, if you, if you want God to love you or to like you, you got to earn that. So there's great danger in us talking right now, of us leaning into how do we maintain a relationship with God without transferring and connecting, like, oh, how do we get God to like us? How do we get God to love us? How do we get some more grace that we don't deserve? How, how? No, 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 no. If, if that's true for you, I, let me show you. I, this isn't me. I want to show you what the Bible says about this. God saved you by his grace when you believed. God saved you. We are not about to walk into a conversation where I'm like, here's what you have to do in order to stay saved. You, you can't take credit for this. It's one of my favorite parts of the Bible. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. Do you just need a moment with that? Some of us who are hoping that we will be good enough to make it quit. Because it's clear in the Bible, salvation is not, it is not, it is not a reward for good things we've done. So no, none of us can arrive in heaven and be like, you're welcome, I'm here. No boasting. So for those of you who like a comparison, what I'm talking to you about is the difference between earning and effort. And many of the times when a pastor or anyone talks about God and we're in a relationship with him, many of us, we get held up here and we're like, oh, we're talking about how to earn him. It's, a, it's an attitude. Maybe you've been there. Where, where you've like tried to be good enough and you're trying to earn, I want to earn, I got to earn, I got to earn him. No, no, versus effort. And this, my friends, is what we're talking about. If you want a relationship to break down between anyone, especially God, stop giving it effort. It, it, is, is that not what maintenance really is? where you and I offer some effort to something that needs to be done so that it can be what it's supposed to be. So uh, I don't want to belabor the fact. Let me show you. If you want to have a, a rich relationship with God, what should you give effort to? This. So here's, here's the whole series. The whole series is going to be built on us talking about one of these each weekend. It's very simple. Some of you thought he was going to put like giving and church attendance. No, it, it, can we, some, some of us were taught that. Like, oh, I know how to make it rich. We, we give and we attend and we sit in a seat and we do all good things throughout that we hold doors open for people. We stop cussing as much. <laughs> Why? 
Why don't we share this stuff earlier on? If you want to have a, a rich relationship, we've got a healthy, a healthy one. Spiritual intimacy, a heart, heart issue. You need experiences with God. You need biblical knowledge, which deals with your mind. You need truth. And we live in an era right now that there's a lot of information, but it's not all true. And holy obedience, your, your will, a surrender to God. So we're going to talk about this. So, oh, I mean, most of us are good at deductive reasoning. Let's go after the first one, spiritual intimacy. Here's the problem. These words have been so misrepresented that, that we got to go back to English class just for a little bit, just for a little, just for a little bit. Let's, let's look at the definition. Spiritual simply means of God. Of God, not, not of trees, or the son of God. Intimacy, which I think is one of the most broken words nowadays, means this, uh, marked by close acquaintance, association, or familiarity. Some of us thought intimacy was only meant for, well, in a sexual way. No, no. But because of the world we live in, the normal culture that we have, the information that gets disseminated to us, we think intimacy is like, ooh, don't talk about that. I would tell you, if you want a healthy relationship with God, you need spiritual intimacy, which by definition means you need close familiarity with God. So I'll ask you a question. How familiar or foreign is God to you right now? Not what you hope to be, but right now. And if you're willing to be super open, perhaps you are saying, I don't love the answer I'm giving myself right now. He seems a bit more formed. Maybe, maybe middle ground for you. I don't know where he's at. But I'm telling you, spiritual intimacy, what's necessary is, is familiarity. Do you know how to get there? If you don't, I'll, I thought about this. And this is the way to have eternal life. To know you. To know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth, to know you, to know you. Do, do you know that God wants to be known by you? Do you know that God, the creator of all, wants to be known by you? If you want to know how to actually, like, where God matters to you, and you, and you actually live that kind of fulfilling, peaceful life, one of the most essential things to get is that God wants to be known by you. Not, he's not calling you into religion. He's not calling you into legalism. He wants to be known by you. I have proof from the Bible. Let me show you a couple places. Jesus answered, since you don't know who I am, you don't know who my father is. If you knew me, you would also know my father. It appears as though he's aware of who knows him and who does not. If that's not clear enough for you, let me go to maybe, I'd say, more of an obvious one. Look, I stand at the door and knock. Uh, deductive reasoning just tells us usually people who knock on the door want you to answer it. Can we just agree on that? I know some of us when we were kids kind of did that and ran, but... but, but Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. This is God speaking. And we'll share a meal together as friends. God wants to be 
known by you. This is not some abstract thing, some system that he set in place to keep us, well, feeling shame or controlled. If you have breakdowns in life right now, if you, I would suggest you give your attention to how foreign or familiar is God. He wants to be known by you. And that leads to one of the main reasons we're talking about this, knowing God requires something, a deliberate effort and time. Have you been offering this to God? Well, I mean, would, would you like a pat on the back? You're listening to a sermon. Good. There's that is, an effort of some, some time, some effort. But many of us have not landed there. We have not been in a place where we've given God effort. If you are interested at being able to go through a wilderness or a mountain peak time in life and actually stay put together, actually, you may have problems and storms and issues, but if you have any interest of going through life in a strong way, let's look at what Jesus taught on how to do this. One day, Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee. He saw two brothers, Simon, who also called Peter, and Andrew, throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, come follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. Now, if you are new to the Bible, you're like, that's weird, right? Like, fish for people? Is this a cult? Is it... You, you're acting like, you, you know, this, I fish for people all the time. He's, he's using wording to saying, I can teach you how to teach others. Yeah, I'm going to show you the way that you can then pass on to others, but you, come follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. If you missed the whole thing, follow me. More evidence that God actually sees you, no matter how you've been living or not living, no matter what you've done well or what you know, he sees you and he says, I want you to follow me. If that does not, um, that does not do anything to you, <laughs> have you ever been rejected by someone? Have you ever had someone go, um, I don't want you in my life at all? You remember what that felt like? Oh, I've had it. It started early on, by the way. Middle school. Memory pops in my head right now. So for your enjoyment, I thought I'd tell you something from middle school. Um, if you share this video, uh, we'll never talk again. I just want you to know that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I remember being in middle school, and, and I met a girl. Um, her name's Corey. In middle school, obviously, it meant that I had met the one, right? Now, I hadn't really, hadn't really talked to her much. I didn't know that was important. Uh, but just from afar, I'm like, yep, she's the one. So I devised the plan to initiate the launch of a relationship. And I, my buddy and I, we worked together on this. Uh, we came up with a plan this is a brilliant plan. You're going to be very impressed by this. Some of you might want to start taking notes. 
so, so since I haven't really talked to her, I was like, i got to really wow her. And so here was, here's how this scenario was going to go. I'm going to call her. Now, this was an era where cell phones were not, you know, everywhere. Call waiting. You couldn't really know who was calling. And, and so it had to be planned where my phone wasn't being used at home. And their phone wasn't being used at home. And you kind of had to time it right. Some of you are like, that sounds like a horrible world to live in. But that's the way it used to be. Now, here's the plan. I was going to call Corey. She's going to answer the phone and she's going to say hello. I'm then going to say, hi, Corey. It's David. She's going to know who I am, I hope. As soon as she says that, then I'm going to say, hey, I got something to tell you. And she's going to say, David, what do you want to tell me? And that is the moment that I would have the tape deck ready. And the song, Everything I Do, I Do For You. I don't see you taking notes. I don't understand. I just don't understand. See, in my mind, this happens she doesn't even make it through the song. She starts crying, saying, you are the man I dreamt of. This is what I've been writing in my diary, that someone would call me and play this song. Right? That's what I was hoping. That's at least what I thought was gonna, how it was going to play out. So I called her. The tape deck was cued right, perfectly right at the song. She answered, yes. I said, this is David. Hi, David. She knew who I was. Yes. So now I got something to tell you. She's like, what's that? Play. And I let the whole song play. If you've never felt what awkward feels like, play a song for about three to four minutes and say nothing. The song's over. I pick the phone back up. And I'm like, I probably don't even need to say anything. She's probably just about to say, hey, when's the wedding date? Right? right? I said, hey, Corey. And it was no longer Corey. Corey's mom had gotten on the phone. I don't know at what part. And I said, oh, hello. She's like, this is Corey's mom. Why are you calling so late? I'm like, oh, it is late. Oh, She's like, you need to say goodbye to Corey and then hang up. So I was like, well, this is kind of unfinished. I have a problem right now. So Corey gets on the phone. The only thing I know to say is like, hey, so will you be my girlfriend? And her, her response was, I need a week to think about it. And I was a bit naive and thought, oh, she's just a really thoughtful person. <laughs> no, she's, she needed a week to get up the confidence for me to then find out and pursue her. It's like, hey, so what's your answer? And she's like, don't ever talk to me again. I'm like, got it. Um, I haven't forgotten that. Uh, now, I'm glad that all played out because I, I did find the one, and she's awesome. And gave me permission to even tell you that story, which is good. But I wonder if you've been rejected before, huh? Have you ever been in a place where someone's like, I don't want to be around you. I don't want to be with you. Maybe it was a job for you. 
Maybe you applied to a job and you got the letter, hey, we had tons of applicants. It was a really difficult process and we didn't select you. Maybe it was a friendship that you thought would go somewhere, but that person seemed to choose another group. I wonder if you've ever been in a place, in an environment, a situation where you found yourself completely rejected, where the obvious, it was obvious they or that person, they don't want to be around you or with you. That's not how God sees you, and you need to hear that. Perhaps it's so simplified, perhaps it's so like elementary to many of us, like, well, yeah, yeah, but I want you to feel it. I want you for a moment to feel the fact that the creator of everything, the most elite of elite God, has invited you, invited you to follow him, to be in a relationship with him, and know you're not perfect, and know you don't know everything you need to know, nor do I. In fact, the Bible tells us there will be things that we just never figure out until heaven But sometimes I think one of the most profound things where it's like, why do I maintain, why do I give effort to God? Because he wants you. It's an invitation. So how? If God is saying to you, follow me, follow me, this is where the breakdown happens because I don't know how you grew up. This is where we get into all the nuances and the legalism. Oh, let me tell you exactly how to follow God. You need to wear a certain outfit to church. You need to give a certain amount. You need to read a certain this and that. And, you, and we begin, like, oh, now he's about to unfold how and I'm not going to like it. Well, let me, let me show you how you begin My sheep listen to my voice. I highlighted it just so you would not miss it. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them. And they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me. For my father has given them to me and he is more powerful than anyone else. No one can snatch them from the Father's hand because they started off listening to his voice. Would you like to know, for those of us who were never taught this, would you like to know how to begin following Jesus? I'll tell you according to this verse. You begin to follow Jesus when you begin to dignify his voice. It's not when you begin to be perfect. It's not when you show up to church It's not when all of a sudden you've stopped this, stopped that, don't do this, you don't say that. You begin to follow Jesus when you begin to dignify his voice. Now here's what I know. We're not all 100% certain what this means. (laughs) Some of you might be Googling right now the word dignify. You're like, I know, I kind of. When you begin to dignify his voice. Let me show you the definition of dignified, to give status or worth. You and I, we get this. 
Do you remember the time that you got that, you, you don't know this person from anyone, that all of a sudden you're attracted to them, now you're in a relationship, and all of a sudden their voice is more powerful in your life than anyone else's? Do you remember the time that maybe you had a, had a mom or a dad or a guardian who when they spoke, you listened? Maybe it was a coach for you. When you had a certain coach or teacher that when they spoke, you're like, whatever you say, I will do. Some of you have his friendships right now. You give a person power in your life when you dignify their voice, when you say your voice has worth and actually significant worth in my life. Dignify is a powerful word. In fact, the reason I chose to define the word dignify for us all is because I would tell you that many of us have been mistaught. And we thought being a Christian following Jesus was something that we've learned now it's not. So now that you know the word dignify, let me bring you back to what I said. You begin to follow Jesus when you begin to dignify his voice. When you begin to let God talk to you And you listen. When you begin to let the, the words of God, you do know that the, the Bible is full of God's words, but it, the Holy Spirit talks to us, His Spirit. God speaks, God speaks, God speaks. Have you dignified His voice? Or are there other people, or maybe it's you that is now speaking much more loudly than God? Who? Think about it just for a moment. Whose voice has the most worth, the most value? Maybe you like the word authority. Maybe you don't. Whose voice right now has the highest level of worth in your life? I would tell you, if you would ever choose to make it God's voice, Oh, your life will have wilderness moments still. <laughs> but your soul won't break down. In fact, we've shared many times at this church what it's like to actually dignify God's voice. What does it look like? So there's a, a prayer. Let me show you the prayer. This is not a magic group of words, okay? But if you're like, what does a prayer sound like, look like, if you're about to say, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give worth and, and I'm gonna give authority, I, I'm gonna give weight to God, to his voice. That's it was something like this. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me so much that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for me. God, I know that you want to transform me and give me a new life. I ask you to come into my life, forgive my sins, be my savior, my leader, my Lord. Beginning today, I'm gonna love you, live with you and follow you. Thank you for forgiving me of every sin and making me a new person. This prayer, not magical, but oozes that God's voice is powerful. 
we're going to walk through even more practical information in this series. But the first one has to begin with the power of a relationship with God. And my guess is you are similar to me. Where maybe, maybe on one day you dignify God's voice and you're like, I'm listening, I'm listening, I'm listening, I'm listening. You play worship music all day. The Bible's open. You're like, I got this. Speak. Then the next day, you don't really listen as much. huh? Anyone? It's a lot like me. Then the next day you're back, you're like, all right, sorry, uh, missed yesterday a lot. I didn't really listen to you. I had a lot of things going on. And then you get back, okay, I'm all ears now, What? all ears. And then the next day happens, right? You will not be perfect at this, but you can, you can. Every one of us can give it effort. That's what I'm calling us to, to being a church that gives his voice some effort. If you have not recently, perhaps this is God's voice speaking directly to you saying, would you give me some effort? Maybe this prayer is very divinely placed for you where you're supposed to pray it today. So I'm going to pray for us. You can read the prayer to God or, or talk to him about something differently, but I don't want to pray. I'm going to pray very specifically that every one of us listening would begin to dignify God's voice in a way we never have. So let me pray for you. God, thank you for asking us to follow you. God, thank you for the invitation to not just be a creation of yours, but to be in a relationship with you. God, I pray for all of us right now, those of us who have committed to this and those of us who never have, would you, whoever we are, would you hear our, I think, private conversations with you? God, would you know that we, we do wanna hear from you? God, we dignify your voice in this moment. It has great worth. Lord, I pray for us as a church, but as a region, people inside our church, outside our church. Help us. Help us to dignify your voice all day, every day. For those currently broken down right now, Lord, would you fill their life with your presence and where there are peace, would you give them peace and will you make sure they can hear your voice God we as a church commit to listen to you thanks for speaking we pray this in the name of Jesus Amen